Welcome to Paranormal Almanac. With your host, Kurt Sandvig. That's right, I'm your host, Kurt Sandvig, and on this edition of Paranormal Almanac, let's talk about mermaids. But first, as always, we have shout-outs. That's right, shout-outs going out to Sylvester, Duran, Nikki Loves James, Cobalt Slayer 42, Lori, Alicia, Rebecca, Esteban, Anne, Stephen Cher, Jennifer, Heather G., your friendly neighborhood skinwalker. Well, they are a skinwalker now, but they're friendly and in my neighborhood. Zuzus, what's it? Nico Share and the Mouse. Mark Tortuga, Mike from Jersey, Jay Bizzle, Andy, Tracy, Virginia, Tony, Jason, Vicky, Crow, Clay, Buzz, Lobita Works, Glacier Main, Isabel, Jen, Jen, Stacy, Amber, Tracy, Menace the Beast, Kick-Ass Magic, Robot Webcomic, Sandy, Paige, Kaush, Batman, 666, Andrew, Scott A., Andrea, Melody, Vanessa, Marisol, Liam, Roger, Alicia, Becca, Jake, and the Beasties. Oh, Becca, Jake, Charlotte, and the Beasties. Sorry. Elizabeth Voidtech, Sherry, Art Muffin, Trudy, Tim, Kenneth, Ricardo, Ian, Alexandra, George, Zozo the Demon, Hayden, Cindy, Ashley, Carrie, Robin, Will, Lauren, Russell, April, Isabel, Audra, Dorian, Cindy, Bob, Stacy, Paula, Jerry, Jeff, Joe, Lawrence, the Lawrence Strawn, hey, howdy, hi, Veronica, Autumn, J. Mark Manning, Carolyn, Jade, Nashi, Chuck, Todd, Jamie, and Elijah Hendrickson are back, Dan, Laura Pitts, and GamerFan, with... Two special shout-outs, as always, to Joe Teague and to my boy Stitch. The best. Rum's the best girl. Stitch was my boy. All righty. Just want to talk for a quick second about uh, the patrons. We had a patron Monday meetup this past Monday. I had a blast. It was really cool to talk to some patrons. So, patrons, if you want to, if you want to join in, every Monday, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. Before it, before 6 p.m., I will send out a link on Patreon. Click on that link. It'll probably update your Zoom like it did for everybody, including me. But then you're in, and we just chat. We, you know, we didn't even chat specifically about anything. We were just having a good old conversation. It was a lot of fun. I I love hearing from the patrons, and this was just a neat way to do it because this, you know, like I like the live episodes where I can read all of the, you know, the chat and stuff that's going on, but it's just basically me talking. Whereas these, it was all of us talking, having fun. They, uh, the patrons gave some ideas for future episodes that I really liked and uh, started working on. And I don't know, I just had a blast. So again, they'll be every Monday unless there's something, you know, insane and amazing going on in my life, which I can't imagine what that would be. But, uh, well, you know, I can reschedule it for those, but for the rest of them, yeah, Mondays, 6 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Zoom, the link will be on Patreon. And that's for all levels, too. I, I wanted to make sure that that's clear. It's not just for, like, high levels. Dollar, yep, you're in. $25, yep, you're in. $1,000, I'll have a private one with you. If you do a $1,000 Patreon, you get not only an episode, like, any episode you want, but I will do private Zooms with you, too. Don't worry. But I'm just saying, any level... It's there. It's fun. It's uh, it's a neat, good old time. I had it, like I said, I had a really good time. Oh God, why is that popping up? That shouldn't. Wait a second. Is there another tab open? Because if there's another tab open, no, there's not. Why am I getting updates? That's weird. All right. Well, ignore them like I will. Let's get right on into paranormal news. Okay, let me just say that, holy crap, this entire episode was almost all UFO news episodes. But I figured, I want to do just an all UFO news episode. Like, even though it definitely deserves one. There has been so much UFO news story daily. used to be 
when I first started doing paranormal news, like, you know, every month I'd find one good UFO story. Now it's like daily and they're huge. It's incredible. Um, so I figured, you know what, why don't I just do a big paranormal news, all UFO edition. And, uh, let's start it with this story. Oh, I can't wait to watch this. People have been sending me this one like crazy and I haven't watched it yet. It says, watch Vegas police respond to report of 10 foot creature in yard after green flash across the sky. That's right. Las Vegas Metro police released body cam footage showing a mysterious object in the sky. A family, a family member later reported they had a non-human visitor in their backyard. And now I get to watch it. Oh, you better be able to hear it. Let's see what happens. Play something. Play anything. Hello? We talking about No, crack. no commercial. No commercial. No free commercial for whatever this product is. Oh, it's for Paranormal News. All right, good. It's, uh, it's, a, it's a big commercial. All the celebrities are there. It's kind of like a We Are the World, but it's all talking about how you should only listen to Paranormal Almanac. All right, here we go. All right, there's a big streak in the sky. It looks like a meteorite. It fell, fell to the ground. All right, there it is. It's too loud. All right. Yeah, there's a big streak in the sky. It fell to the ground. The family reported to police that two large figures were in their backyard shortly after. And it is definitely police body cam footage. Oh, no, I'm so nervous right now. I have butterflies, bro. Oh. Everyone saw a shooting star. Then these people say there's aliens in their backyard. Me and my brother, we just Did you see it? Huh? Did you see it? Yeah, me and him saw it. What'd you I see? I mean, it was a meteor, right? It was like a, it was like a big creature. A big creature? Yeah, like a long ten feet tall. I'm not gonna BS you guys. One of my partners said they saw something fall out of the sky too, so that's yes. why I'm kind of curious. Did you see anything land in your backyard? Or they see like a big. That's what they say. They see like a big, uh, like a big something with light. Can we go that? Weird. Just the fact that our partner saw something at the same exact Police time. redacted the body cam footage from the backyard since it's considered private property. Oh, that's BS. Don't call us, all right? Deal with it yourself. That I ain't dealing with that. <laughs> Officers conducted a preliminary investigation and searched the neighborhood, but closed the event a few days later as unfounded. It's from the Las Vegas Metro Police Department. Hey, this might sound like a really dumb question, but did you guys see anything fall out of the sky? Like, if you see any, like, little, well, not little in this case. They're they're claiming uh, eight to nine foot tall green beings that were in their backyard. Sounds crazy, but you never know. Wow. All right. Well, it was cool. That wasn't, I mean, it looked like a meteorite that fell from the sky. Um, the meteor, a meteor is not a, a, a shooting star. It's not a star at all. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, that's it. That's only, that's only story on there. I thought there'd be like more like words or something, but nope. All righty. So let's go on to the next story in paranormal news, which is probably going to be about UFOs. I'm just guessing. Hey, look at that. A whistleblower claims the U.S. has alien vehicles, but where's the proof? That's right. Uh, some prominent experts have expressed growing skepticism over whether the U.S. is harboring UFOs as the government whistleblower who made the extraordinary claims has gone on to suggest the U.S. has also recovered alien bodies. David Grushergrush, a former intelligence official who led analysis of unexplained phenomenon, the UAPs, unexplained anomalous phenomenon, I thought it was aerial, uh, within a U.S. Department of Defense agency, caused headlines around the world with his, with his assertion that the U.S. has been collecting non-human craft for decades. That prompted the U.S. House, come on up, hi, Rum, how are you? I'm just talking about UFOs and aliens and stuffs. That prompted the U.S. House of Representatives to announce an investigation into his allegations with a hearing on the issue expected to be announced in the next few weeks. So another hearing, basically, and it's going to be like the most boring thing in the world to watch. And they're going to be like, the there's no evidence that uh, we have this. It's all BS. But they say his whistleblowing claims have grown more dramatic. They, uh, they said he's not presented anything like evidence that we would consider extraordinary, according to Garrett Graff, a journalist whose upcoming UFO book is coming out soon, which I'm not going to plug for him. But there's a lot of people talking about this whistleblower, including Jeremy Corbell. And that's who I'm interested in. And that's who I'm going to listen to. If he says it's something, something big is about to happen. I'm going to say that something big is about to happen with this. Uh, UFOs have um, the America has UFOs recovered UFOs already right, up next in paranormal news. Crashed UFO recovered by U.S. military distorted space and time, 
leaving one investigator nauseous and disoriented when he went in and discovered it was much larger inside than outside. Oh, it's a thick of TARDIS. Uh, attorney for whistleblower reveals. So let's see, a crashed UFO recovered by the U.S. military. Disport, distorted space-time was bigger on the inside. Yeah, again, it's a TARDIS. Daniel Sheehan said he was told the mind-boggling tale by a whistleblower who allegedly took part in an illegally undisclosed program retrieving crashed non-human spacecraft and is now brief Senate Intelligence Committee staff. The lawyer's story is the latest in a series of stunning claims this week of UFOs in government hands, which began on Monday with an on-camera interview of former... Former senior Air Force's... Hi, thank you, Rom. I appreciate the kisses, but I'm trying to talk right now. It's really hard to do with you kissing. Thank you. Uh, former Air Force intelligence official David Grush, the same guy, alleging that the U.S. government possesses multiple crashed non-human crafts. All right, it says on-camera interview. I want to see if I can find that on-camera interview. I'd like to hear it from him rather than me just read it all to you. So let's see what happens if I click on that. Does it actually pop up the video? Well, while it's loading, he said that we're not talking about prosaic origins or identities. The materials include intact and partially intact vehicles. The existence of complex historical programs involving the coordinated retrieval and study of exotic materials dating back to the early 20th century should no longer remain a secret. Well, I agree with that. But where's the actual video? That's what I want to know. I want to hear him talk about it. No, it's not on that link, unfortunately. All righty, with that, let me get back to that other story. There's a, they're basically saying they're bringing a lot of people, anybody that has this kind of clearance and uh, information, they're bringing them to light. They're, ha they're getting them attorneys. They're saying that now's the time to do it. They said uh, the attorney told them that they had one, allegedly one alleged recovery recounted to him by a supposed crash retrieval program insider involved a 30-foot saucer partially embedded in the earth with some fantastical properties. They tried to hook a bulldozer to pull it out, and it pulled out like a shape, like a pie slice, almost like it was part of the way it was constructed. When it came loose a couple of feet, they stopped immediately. They didn't want to destroy the integrity of the machine. They had a guy go into it. He got in there, and it was as big as a football stadium. It was freaking him out and started making him feel nauseous. He was so disoriented because it was so gigantic inside. It was the diameter of a football stadium, but the outside was only about 30 feet in diameter. Uh, let's see. Staggered back out after being in there a couple of minutes, and outside it was, a, it was a four hours later. There were all kinds of time distortions and space distortions inside it. That is cool. Although, like, I don't know why it'd be so freaky other than the total time distortion. Maybe that's what was making him sick. But the, the size distortion, like... Who cares? It would take you a second. You'd walk in and be like, whoa, it's bigger in here. But you wouldn't get, like, nauseous. We'd be like, oh, my God, it's the size of a football stadium. Those make me want to throw up. All righty. Go ahead. Get down. Good. There you go. Good girl. Up next in paranormal news, House Oversight plans UFO hearing after unconfirmed crashes, claims of crashed alien spacecraft. That's right. Yet another story about it. They said that in addition to recent claims by a whistleblower, reports continue to surface regarding unidentified anomalous phenomena. They got to figure out what the A stands for. It's always different. The House Oversight Committee is following these UAP reports and is in the early stages of planning a hearing. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news. All right, come back up. Hold on. All right, come back up. Come back. There we go. Hi, welcome back. Up next in paranormal news, are we finally ready to admit UFOs or alien visitors? I mean, yeah. Is all of this just more conspiracy theories? Are we really starting to see proof that we're not alone in the universe? This one's from the, what is this from? What is this website called? Oh, the Daily Beast. They, uh, it goes on to say that, you know, thousands of reports every year. There's hearings in front of Congress. There's a whistleblower we are, I already told you about. They said the U.S. seems to be going through a veritable UFO craze in recent years. Not only is the public at large and government taking these issues more seriously, but even academics are beginning to admit they want to know if the truth is out there. It begs the question, is this all just more conspiracy theory nonsense? Or are we really starting to see proof that we're not alone in the universe? Kurt here, it's called proof. We've gone on a straight line back to the beginning. And he says that he believes that much of the recent discussions and the discourse surrounding aliens recently echoes much of what we've seen from the past. That's right. He says this is all very reminiscent of the earliest years of what was called the flying saucer phenomena of the 1940s and early 50s. It's the same basic gist. Weird sightings. Military was very interested for reasons of national security. 
but then nothing. Well, yeah, exactly, guys. But present day, they're saying, same old stuff, reports, Cold War. It's almost like history's repeating itself. I'm just kind of jumping around here. Uh, they said that it goes back to the 2017 when the New York Times reported the Pentagon spearheaded a new project called the Advanced Aerospace Threat Identification Program. Hey, 2017 is also when this podcast called Paranormal Almanac started talking about UFOs a whole hell of a lot. Disclosure's happening, people. It's it's happening. It's coming piece by piece, little by little. More and more people are willing to talk, you know, like speak out. More whistleblowers are going to come forward. More shit like this is going to happen. Alrighty, up next in paranormal news, Marine vet breaks 14-year silence to make astonishing claim that his six-man unit saw a hovering octagonal UFO being loaded with weapons by unmarked U.S. forces who threatened them at gunpoint while serving in Indonesia in 2009. That's right, former Marine Michael Herrera says that he saw a UFO being loaded with weapons while serving in Indonesia in 2009. He said that an Air Force lieutenant colonel told him, you're not allowed to talk about what happened. You'll go to prison or you will die. But he said he was emboldened to break his 14-year silence because of all of the whistleblowers. That's right. Once one person steps forward, doesn't get ridiculed, doesn't get killed, doesn't get taken away and disappeared, nope, more people will come forward. Like I say, disclosure's coming. It's coming quick. He said he was a 20-year-old rifleman sent on a Navy humanitarian mission during the 2009 Sumatra earthquake and tsunami that devastated the region. He says that while guarding an airdrop of aid supplies outside the city of Padang in October that year, a six-man unit stumbled across a hovering octagonal craft in apparent use by clandestine U.S. forces. Clandestine? Sure, why not? Whatever. Said the craft was rotating in a clockwise motion while changing colors. Had an audible hum to it, like the sound of a transformer or guitar amp. It was octagonal in shape with a pyramid at the top that was black. Let's see. He said uh, he's got an unblemished four-year service record. He's got texts about the incident with alleged fellow witnesses who refused to talk, saying it was not worth my life or jeopardizing my family. Um, Let's see. He said the thing was massive. Uh, he said that they had not been given radio, so instead of calling it, they edged downhill in formation to investigate. He snapped photos and videos on his Panasonic, Panasonic camera. The thing was massive, the size of a football field. The craft was rotating in a clockwise motion while changing colors. It had an audible hum to it, like the sound of a transformer guitar amp. Octagonal shape, pyramid on the top that was black. It had scales that were on the outside of the craft that covered the whole craft. It had seams and sharp edges, which I, which I suspect to be man-made. Nothing on it was smooth. It had some panels on the vertical edges that were all Vanta black. I don't know what that means. I think it means like, you know, stealth plain black. Uh, That's about it. Um, Oh, no, sorry. He claims that when he and his five comrades got within 150 feet of the craft, they were ambushed by eight men wearing all black camouflage, bulletproof vests, wielding M4 rifles with high-end night vision attachments given to elite U.S. troops. They had their weapons drawn on us. We could audibly hear their weapon safety levers flipping off safe. Who the F are you guys? What are you doing here to them? Yelled with American accents. They said we weren't supposed to be here and they could kill us. As the men continued to threaten them, they took the Marines' weapons, dumped their ammunition, scanned the military IDs. He said they saw them loading large weapon cases and other containers from modified Ford F-350s onto a platform beneath the craft. When the last two trucks finished unloading and drove off, the lower part of the platform rose off the ground to about 10 feet. The craft lowered to meet it, came together in one one piece. On the corners of the craft, it had lights that were changing between blue, red, yellow, and green. It rose off the ground a little past the trees, then shot off to our left towards the ocean around 4,000 miles per hour. We can't believe this is effing happening from a dead stop. It didn't make any sound like a sonic boom. Didn't disturb the trees like a road or wash would. We could see coconuts on the trees and none of them were disturbed. Once we got over the hill, they told us to get the F out of the way and don't look back. Are there coconuts in Indonesia? I'm going to look that up first because that would be the quickest way to debunk this is are there coconuts in Indonesia? And you might be thinking, well, that's a dumb thing. Of course there are. Well, I don't know. I've never been there. So... Does Indonesia have coconuts? Indonesia has the largest coconut palm growing in the area. Okay, so it didn't debunk that. All right. But uh, that's that's how I would start to debunk the story is I would, little details like that would make sure it's true, but apparently that part's true. So that's cool. All righty, up next in paranormal news, 
This one's from the Weather Channel. U.S. government is hiding evidence of intact UFOs of non-human origin, says retired Pentagon intelligence officer. A ex-United States intelligence official has confirmed what we suspected for a very long time. And it goes on to talk about that David Grush guy. Um, they, uh, they say, if you doubt him and his revelations, let us assure you that his background lends him all the credibility one might seek. He's a highly decorated official. Um, in fact, retired Army Colonel Carl Nell, another UFO task force member, even verified one of Grush's claims in the complaint, saying there was an ongoing competition among countries to identify UFO crashes and landings and retrieve the materials for exploitation and reverse engineering. He says that the American public has been lied to for decades. There is a sophisticated disinformation campaign targeting the U.S. populace, which is extremely unethical and immoral. So basically what he's saying there is, if I could sum that one up, is uh, you should listen to Kurt from Paranormal Almanac. That's what he's saying. Finally, it's the same story. What's up with these USA with these claims the U.S. has recovered UFOs? The ultimate woe if true, especially the if true part from Vox.com. It's the same story, same people, talking about the same stuff. I'm telling you, it's everywhere. Everybody was sending me this one. Friends, fans, people that hate me, I don't know, tons of people were sending me this one. It's disclosure, people. That was the last story in Paranormal News, by the way. This is my little wrap-up. Paranormal News wrap-up is, it's disclosure. Once this gets uh, um, verified... And, and validated, and, and he's validated, it's only going to open up the floodgates even more for more and more people to come forward. We're going to start seeing these stories and hearing these stories from people in the military that have been in the military for decades. I'm hoping some people that were in the military in the 40s and 50s that are still around might say fuck it and finally come forward and tell their stories because those are the stories that I want to hear. From the 40s and the 50s, where it seemed like they didn't give a crap who they showed dead alien bodies to. They were showing it to celebrities and presidents and, and military people. They just kind of like, well, yeah, we have a UFO, big deal, you know? And then all of a sudden it was all shut down in Area 51. But before that, it was more out in the open, but no one would talk about it due to being patriotic to the country. Cool. Well, now you can be patriotic to the country and talk about it. That's who I want to hear from. All right, let's take a quick break. We'll be right back with more Paranormal Almanac. We are back on this edition. I didn't want to talk just about UFOs. No, no, no. I wanted to talk about mermaids. Well, mer people to be more exact, but but mostly the maids, if I have to be honest with you. And look, I got to say that I had this episode in like my rotation of outlines that I was, you know, kind of working on and then I put it to the side for a long, long time. And I couldn't find or couldn't figure out, I should say, the through line to this episode. And you know what? Maybe I still haven't. So, you know, I guess let's just see how I do. Well, I figured the first thing I needed is a quick history of the mermaid, kind of. Look, everyone knows what a mermaid is and reportedly what she does, whether it's, you know, like the dark legends from literally around the world where they summon sailors with their songs into the water to, I guess, eat them or suck their souls out or kill them, basically drown them. There's that version, or there's the Disney version where I guess she wants to fuck a guy so she trades her voice for legs. That's that's the movie, right? That's the story of Little Mermaid. She sees a dude, and she's like, yeah, I want to fuck that guy. And then there, she's like, well, I don't know how to get on land because I got, you know, fishtail and stuff. And then she's like, I know, I'll trade my voice for legs, and then I could fuck... I don't know. It's a weird, when you think about it, it's a weird story. Oh, or or how about the one with Daryl Hannah, Splash, where they showed her butt until the movie went on Disney Plus and then they CGI'd longer hair to cover her butt? Seriously, that happened. If you watch Splash on Disney Plus, because I remember Splash as a kid, I could see Daryl Hannah's butt and I was like, oh, sweet, I could see a butt. That's amazing. And then when it was, they were like, hey, Splash is coming to Disney Plus. I was like, yeah, I remember like, Liking that movie quite a bit. Tom Hanks, John Candy, Daryl Hannah. That's cool. And there's a butt. I'll go back and watch that. Whoa, where's the butt, Disney? Seriously, you can't show butts no more? Well, anyhow. 
whichever version of the mermaid you're more familiar with. My hope is that after you listen to this episode, you're going to learn something new. You know what? Also, I don't get why dudes are so fascinated with mermaids. You know, like, sure, the quick thought is, oh, look, a topless woman. So you get to see some boobies. Like, I can get that. But if you really think about the lower half, it's not so hot. I mean, not to me, at least. I'm not I'm not down with the fish stuff is what I'm saying. Any, all right, anyhow, let's get to the quick history. So I was like, where do I find the quick history and how much of it do I want to write? And I figured... Well, there's got to be a website, and very little is the answer. So I'm going to go right from mermaidsofearth.com, the origins of mermaids. I figured they must know what they're talking about. It's in their title. So I'm just going to kind of skim through it. Um, There are nereids, tritons, and mermaids. There are sea nymphs um, with fishtails and sometimes legs. They said that there were 50 Nereids, all daughters of Nereus and Doris, inhabiting the Aegean Sea with their parents. A prominent Nerid was Thetis, mother of the great Achilles. Um, then there was Amphrodite, who married Poseidon and bore Triton. You know, all the, all the big names that you know from the mermaids. So we got those. Then we got Sirens. Uh, that's Greek mythology. Women with lower half uh, the lower body of a fish. Maybe sometimes wings of a bird who lured sailors to the death by singing beautiful songs. Okay, cool. Then the Romans adopted the the sirens into the Roman mythology as women with a fishtail. And then that seems to be it. Like, like, oh, they get it. So sirens were the daughters of the river of Achilles. Achilles? I don't know. doesn't matter. Some old dude with fishtail. Um, then there was the Thessalonike. But it's Greek, so I'm thinking it should be Thessaloniki? I don't know. She was the sister of Alexander the Great. Um, She was immortalized when Alexander recovered a flask of water from the fountain of immortality and washed her hair with this immortal liquid. Then when when he died, she was so grief-stricken, she jumped into the sea to kill herself, but since she was immortal, she couldn't die, so she transformed into a mermaid. Cool. Got it. Then... Uh, I'm gonna get to those guys. I'm not. I want to skip. I'm gonna skip through this stuff. Uh, the Russians have one called the Rusalkis. It's basically, you know, fish. But they they said they're ghosts or undead women who tra- who died tragically or violently, and they live on the bottom of rivers and lakes. They're dangerous. Uh, China has the Suvanamaka, which is a mermaid princess who falls in love with a human and has a child with him. That happens quite a bit. The African Mamiwata, it's a water sprite. The Mianegu of Cameroon, they're beautiful mermaids with long, woolly hair, but a gap-toothed smile. Okay, interesting. Uh, Brazil is the Iara, who is a mermaid or a siren or a water nymph, depending on where you get your info from. Uh, so, yeah, they basically, they've been around for... Ever. There's a lot of versions of them. They're literally known around the world. I guess that wasn't very quick at all, was it? But it does show no matter where you go around the globe, there's probably a mermaid there. Most of them lured people into the water. So somehow, even though this lure has been going around for basically since the beginning of time, there really are similarities. <clears throat> Pardon me. There really are similarities between the origins of the mermaid or the styles of the mermaid, no matter where you go around the world. So something made people who had no connection to each other have the same basic mermaid-type stories in their regions around the world. It's kind of like Bigfoot. You know how, like, basically every continent has its own version of Bigfoot, and they're all basically the same. Some are a little taller, some a little shorter, some with red hair, some with black hair. It's kind of the same thing with mermaids which gives validity to them, in my opinion. Like I said, there was something that was seen that made people go, yeah, there's these half-women and half-fish people out in the water that uh, either were really cool or would, you know, kill you. So that's the history, but who saw the first mermaid? This is where I got hung up for a little bit. I seriously thought, this is going to be easy. I'm going to look through it, and I'm going to find, like, here's the first reported story of a mermaid. And the more I looked, the farther back it went until 
until I reached this one site that just said this. And I was like, all right, I guess this is the, the first mermaid story. It says, for the first mermaid ever, let's go back in time to 30,000 years ago. Yeah, I, I know. Just, just listen to this. The belief in mermaids may have arisen at the very dawn of our species. Magical female figures first appeared in cave paintings in the late Paleolithic Stone Age period some 30,000 years ago. All right, Kurt here. That part is kind of true. There are Paleolithic cave paintings that do show some weird kind of creatures in the water, but none look like Ariel is all I'm saying. It goes on to say, When modern humans gained dominion over the land and began to sail the seas, mermaids were there. All right, I don't, I don't know how to debunk that one. So, sure. All right, let's just say that's the beginning. Cave paintings. Cave paintings of weird-looking creatures in water. But let's go on to the next more reliable mermaid story. And for that one, we go back to... The second century, still way farther back than I thought I was going to go, to Gaul. Alrighty. First, let me guess that you have to, you have the Gaul to ask me, Kurt, where's Gaul? So I looked it up for you, so you don't have to, because you're probably driving and I don't want you to die. Gaul was a region of Western Europe, first clearly described by the Romans, encompassing present-day France, Belgium, the Netherlands, Luxembourg, parts of Switzerland, Germany, Northern Italy, man, Gaul was huge. Alrighty, so we're in the second century. We're in Gaul, and that's when these strange things started washing ashore. These bodies started washing ashore. The governor of Gaul wrote a letter to Emperor Augustus about the corpses. Spoiler, they were mermaids. Now, I can't find the letter, so grain of salt on that one, but we do know that they were written about at the time because there's this dude named Pliny the Elder and he actually wrote about mermaids in his book. His book was called, it's about wildlife, it was called Historia Naturalis. And he reported that several distinguished persons of equestrian rank have assured me that they have seen them off Gades. He also described sightings of mermaids, mermen, and even gigantic sea monsters in that book. But he reports that an embassy was once sent to the Emperor Tiberius to inform him that in a certain cave, basically, numerous people had seen or heard a triton playing with a conch shell. All right, cool. He's talking about these things not as a legend, but as I'm talking to all these people, and then he even gives them their, you know, the equestrian rank. So he's saying these aren't just like dumbass villagers. These are people who know things, and they're saying they, they have seen you know, weird-ass shit that is washing ashore or they found them in caves. He also wrote about the co uh, the corpses of so many nereids, mermaids, that washed up on French shores and claimed that these nereids looked exactly like they're shown in artwork. So basically, picture a mermaid, you know, topless woman, fishtail. But he says... They're completely covered from head to toe, or head to tail, really, in fish scales. Now, he even writes about a dying nearmid, mermaid, that washed ashore on the coast of Gaul and that the villagers heard her singing a song of mourning as she lay dying. I know it's too late for this, but how about, you know, helping the poor dying mermaid people? You know, I'm shocked he doesn't mention them like stoning her to death. Also, staying in the second century, there was a Syrian writer named Lucian, now, he mentioned the existence of mermaids in his natural history and uh, in his natural history book. And there was another one of the earliest mermaid stories that appeared in Syria around 1000 BC when the goddess Atar goddess, who can I, I can only assume is the goddess of Atari. I didn't want to look her up. Uh, she dove into a lake to take the form of a fish. As the gods there would not allow her to give up her, you know, great beauty, basically. They said, all right, you can go in the water, but only the bottom half will be a fish. So she kept her top half human form, I guess, win-win. I don't know what to think of that story, but it's written about again in 1000 BC. 
that one seems more like a legend or a tale, unlike Pliny the, uh, what was his name? Pliny the little guy? Pliny the elder. His one seems like more just factual. Like, I've talked to these people. Here are the people I've talked to. Here's what they saw. Now, skeptics say that the mermaids the people of Gaul saw were obviously seals, but seals don't have scales. And they all said, every villager, every equestrian rank person, they all said that it was covered from head to tail with scales. And, you know, also was like half human looking with arms and other stuff that, you know, not seal-like. So I'm going to say no to the seal skeptics like i get why you would think that there were seals but these are fishing these are fishing villages they know what a seal is even if it washed up like half eaten they would know what a seal is now i'm going to skip through um like the next few cuz there's not a lot of info on them so i'm going to go like real quick through the next few but uh let me start with let me open it up for you so i can get through these real quick this is from the the wikipedia on mermaids and mermen and merwif and merwives and sirens and all that kind of stuff. But I want to skip through like the early, early uh, sightings. Let's see. There's the Greek one. There's Eastern Europe. There's Russia. There's China. There's Korea. There's Japanese. There's India folklore. There's Southeast Asia, Polynesia, Philippines, New Zealand, African lore, Arabian lore, American lore, uh, let's see, 1493, I'll talk about that one in a minute. See, here we go, 16th century Swedish writer, Olas Magnus, he says that he quotes the same passage from Pliny, but he also notes that they're said to be um, utter dismal moans and wailings at the hours of their death. So um, he's saying like, yeah, I heard it too from the same people. Uh, basically, eh, that's fine, I'm going to get to the good stuff. I'm going to skip ahead to the, uh, let's move on forward to, to the 18th century. Because on a Babylonian seal stone, there's a mermaid painting. And many people say that it wasn't just folklore or like maps of the time, like there'd be monsters here, that kind of shit, there'd be sea monsters. They said that it was significant that they did the mermaid painting on a Babylonian seal stone and that it was a real creature, not mythological. All right, from there, let's move forward in time a little bit to Blackbeard. Yep, that Blackbeard. The Blackbeard, the pirate. He instructed his crew on several voyages to stay away from certain charted waters that he called, quote, enchanted because of mermaids in these area. Not only that, he reported, uh, not only did he report that, but Beard, Blackbeard and his crew members actually reported seeing the mermaids. Now, here's another experienced sailor who knew what fishes and seals and everything around there looked like, but was so wary of mermaids, he avoided certain spots in the water. I thought that one was very cool and very telling because, again, he knows what was in those waters. He knows what everything looks like, and he's still afraid of mermaids. Alrighty, from Cool Pirate, let's move on to Shitty Human... So we're going to go forward in time to Christopher Columbus. You know, the rapist guy that didn't discover America? Yeah, him. Well, it's been written that off the coast of Africa on the 9th of January in 1493, Christopher Columbus observed something bizarre off the coast. He said he saw mermaids. In his journal, he described his encounter with three mermaids that elevated themselves above the surface of the sea. He said that... Um, he identified these misshapen animals with the sirens of ancient story, but he added that the mermaids were by no means as beautiful as depicted in folk tales. But my guess is he still tried to fuck one because, you know, creepy dude. Also, chances are he basically, he saw manatees, which I looked up and they do live in African waters. And, you know, they are the butter-faced mermaids of the sea. So he probably saw manatees. So I'm not too... I'm not too taken by his stuff. But then again, he didn't know where the hell he was 90% of the time or what he was looking at. So let's move there. Let's move forward. From there, let's go to the 17th century in Holland. Here, there was a story that was written about a mermaid that was found injured. 
and it was actually taken to a nearby lake and nursed back to health by the local people. Now, it said she stayed in the town even after she had recovered and reportedly became a productive citizen. Unfortunately, this is all I can find out about this one, so I have no idea just what her job was in the town or how she was a productive citizen. So, here's my guess. Her name was Urkel Grew, and she would take people across the lake on her back for both travel and entertainment. You know, sure, men would often try to grab her shell-covered boobies, saying that they were, you know, slipping off her back while they were riding her, but, you know, she rarely killed and ate them. She was a good person, the Urkel Grew, so much, the, so much so that she was a productive citizen. There you go. All right, now let's go off to Scotland. All right, it's, this is where you got to settle in for the part of the show where Kurt butchers a beautiful language. The first mermaid talked about in Scotland is called a seesk. It's C-E-A-S-G. That cannot be how it's pronounced. So let's find out how you pronounce Sieg. I guarantee it's going to have so many freaking letters. Yeah, no, seriously, I want to find out. Go ahead. Yeah, say. Seesk. Oh, it really is just Seesk. Seesk. Ah, I did it right. All right. So the Seesk is what I'm talking about. The term Seesk in Gaelic is... Magdian Natween, meaning maid of the wave. Which, Kurt here, that's a cool way to say mermaid. Oh, she's the maid of the wave, man. Now, she's described as a ravishing woman with the tail of a salmon. Wow, they get specific with mermaid asses in Scotland. Now, they live in streams, lakes, rivers, and if you actually capture one, they may grant three wishes to the captor. What? That's new? Now, there are legends of Scottish mermaids marrying humans out of desire or force, but they all eventually return to the waters. I don't know about forcing a mermaid to marry you is cool at all, even back then. How about no? It's said they're spiteful, you know, because they're being forced to do shit, and that uh, the only way to subdue one is to capture its soul and hide it away. And then I couldn't find anything else more specific about that. How do you capture a maid of the wave's soul? I get how you can hide it away, but how do you capture it? Is there like a mermaid soul catcher that I don't know about? Um, I need mermaid catching instructions, please, because I want three wishes. And the first one is going to be to ride the mermaid, not like that, but ride the mermaid next to Nessie. I want Ian O'Fadigan to see that crap. I'll wave to him and be like, hey, Ian, look at this. I'm riding the mermaid next to Nessie. Suck it. I like Ian. He seems cool. I'm sorry. I just told him to suck it. All righty. These aren't the only mermaids in Scotland, though. There's also the Selkies. Selkies. The Selkies, who are women who live in the seas in the form of seals, but they can transform themselves into human on land. This sounds to me, it sounds to me like a Scottish guy got caught fucking a seal. And he was like, no, man, if, if when she dries off, she becomes a woman. It's cool. You should fuck one. Now, this legend says they can be trapped on land if their human lover or husband hides their seal skin. Again, I don't know how you do that. And there are a number of stories about the tragedies of such relationships. In one version, Selkies are former humans who drown themselves. That seems sad. That seems terrible. Um, then there's one both in Scotland and Ireland called the Marrow. It's described as a human above the waist with a fishtail below, and they have webbed hands. Now, these mermaids are more like, like most of the mermaids because they're mean, but even though they're mean, sometimes they'll still marry humans, taking human shape while on land. They wear a red cap while in the sea, which enables them to breathe underwater, and if you hide this cap from them, They'll stay with you on land. That's fucking weird, too. Uh, let's see. From September 8th, 1809 edition of the Kentish Gazette, it says, The existence of mermaids or sea women, hitherto generally supposed to be fabulous, seems now to be established by the evidence of the following copies of original letters which were transmitted to a gentleman in Sussex by Sir John Sinclair. 
the principal person in the neighborhood where the extraordinary creatures therein mentioned were seen. All right, so the first letter that the Kentish Gazette is talking about was written by Miss Mackey, who is the daughter of Reverend D. Mackey, minister of Ray in Scotland. Now, she described while when she was out walking with her cousin along the shores, her attention was caught by three people on a rock shooing signs of terror and astonishment at something they saw in the water. So they all were like, what the hell are those people looking at? They run up, they get up on the rocks, and then they saw it. They said they saw a human face, neck, and arms floating in the waves. As the sun was shining and the creature was quite close to them, Miss Mackey was able to get a look at its features. She writes, The face seemed plump and round. The eyes and nose were small. The former were of a light gray color, and the mouth was large. And from the shape of the jawbone, which seemed straight, the face looked short. The forehead, nose, and chin were white. The whole side of the face was a bright pink color. The head was exceedingly round with thick hair and long of a gray oily cast and appeared troublesome to it. The waves generally throwing it down over the face. It seemed to feel the annoyance as the waves retreated with both its hands frequently threw back the hair and rubbed its throat as if to remove any soiling it might have received from it. Uh, let's see, as a slender white throat, long slender arms with hands and fingers that were not webbed. Uh, let's see, her, her cousin, the three bystanders, viewed the mermaid for over an hour from the distance of only a few yards, and the letter is signed by both Miss Mackey and her cousin, Miss McKenzie. Now, the second letter that the Gazette was, uh, wrote about was by Mr. William Monroe, a schoolmaster from Thurso, who claims to have seen a mermaid in the same location 12 years earlier. He was walking on the shore of Sandside Bay when he saw what appeared to be a naked woman sitting upon a rock extending into the sea and apparently in the action of combing its hair. The creature, uh, he said, uh, was very similar to the one encountered by Miss Mackey, but he writes, The head was covered with hair of the color above mentioned, light brown, and shaded on the crown. The forehead round, the face plump, the cheap cheeks ruddy, the eyes blue, the mouth and lips of a natural form resembling those of a man, the teeth I could not discover as the mouth was shut, the breasts and abdomens, the arms and the fingers the size of a fully grown body of the human species, the fingers from the action in which the hands were employed did not appear to be webbed, but as to this I am not positive. <clears throat> One second. There we go. After a few minutes spent combing its hair, the mermaid caught sight of Monroe, it then plunged into the sea and disappeared. Monroe claims that if not for the treacherous locations of the rocks on which it had been perched, he might have thought it was a real woman. However, he also notes that many locals before him had claimed to have seen a mermaid in the waters at Sandside Bay. He had never believed their stories until seeing the mermaid for himself. All right, that's cool. Two people, or two stories by people, multiple people, for the first one and just that one dude for the second one, written about at that time, which you know I absolutely love. Alrighty, from there, let's go to the Isle of Man, where they have the Benveri, basically mermaids, who they say can be both dangerous and helpful. That isn't helpful to me at all. Is this one going to be dangerous, or is it going to be helpful? Uh, let's see, Europe has the Melusine, which is a freshwater mermaid, sometimes seen with wings, sometimes with a snake tail instead of a fish tail, and sometimes with two tails, you know, like the Starbucks lady, you know, like on the cup, like that, yeah. Now, they can't decide what this mermaid looks like, basically, but uh, they said that one of these mermaids, this Melusine, Melusine, married a human, but once a week she transformed into a mermaid while taking her bath. Now, when her husband broke the agreement never to enter her bathing chambers while she was bathing, yeah, he did that, he's an idiot, he saw her in mermaid form, and she left him forever. Now, I'm pretty sure that Splash stole that scene from this mermaid story, but there you go. Now, another legend says that uh, the Melusine married Prince Ramundine, Raymondine of Poitou and formed the royal house of Lusignan. Let's guess that Kurt got all of those names wrong. All right, let's keep going through time to the 19th century near Vancouver, where not one but several mermaids were reported in the late 19th century near Vancouver. But again, no details. So let's move on to 
1943 in the Kai Islands in Indonesia. Now, this is where Japanese soldiers of World War II saw many mermaids or manfish. They said that they described them as 150 centimeters tall, having spikes on their spine, shoulders, uh, spikes on the spine, the shoulders, and neck, light pink skin, similar to salmon, and a mouth like a carp. Instead of a single tail, they had two frog-like long fins and long arms, and that the local villagers were familiar with them and called them the orang-ikan. Not orangutan, orang-ikan. That translates to manfish. Now, soldiers stationed on the, uh, the island had multiple encounters with these manfish, all claiming they saw the same thing. In fact, a troop of soldiers saw one in a lagoon thrashing about in the water. Now, it suddenly jumped out of the water and onto a rock. It turned, faced the soldiers, let out a weird gurgling noise, which couldn't have been sexy at all. Then, they saw another one swimming towards them, so they did what everyone seems to do with things they don't know what they are, and they all started shooting at them. Thankfully, though, these creatures escaped and disappeared back in the water. Now, grain of salt time. A sergeant named Mr. Taro requested the villagers to inform him if any of the Rangakan were captured dead or alive. The soldiers summoned the general, who finally saw him with his own eyes, and it said he tried to get the scientific community to research them after the war, but he said it never happened. No one would believe him. All righty, let's go to 1967. It's a groovy time. The Beatles are rocking out. People are doing some drugs and free-loving. But in Main Island, British Columbia, it wasn't just one random person, but a whole ferry of tourists that watched a mermaid for a while. Like, seriously, they watched it for a while. They said she had blonde hair. She was on the beach eating raw salmon. Then later that same week, another mermaid was spotted in the same area. Mr. Charles White from the Undersea Gardens he offered $25,000 reward for the mermaid's capture, saying that he wasn't going to kill her or keep her in a cage, but he would offer her a room in the undersea's garden, her own room, with whatever she liked, but no one was able to capture or find the mermaids again. Now, these sightings were written about in the paper at the time as well. The Times colonist wrote on June 13, 1967, several witnesses said the mermaid had a large fish, apparently coho salmon, and one swore she took a bite out of it. Long-haired, silver-blonde, and topless conditions were generally agreed upon. Nice. Alrighty, the next up, let's go to April 12, 1998. Let's go to Kauai, where another group of people had a mermaid sighting. That's right, 10 people saw the mermaid while out on tour. There's a diver. His name is Jeff Liker, L-E-I-C-H-E-R. He even managed to take a photo of the mermaid swimming past him. He said it was about 20 minutes off the coast of Kauai when he saw what looked like a woman just 10 feet away swimming with a pod of dolphins, but keeping up with their fast pace, which he thought was odd. Now she suddenly jumps into the air, out of the water, revealing a fishtail. There were uh, 10 people on the boat. They said they saw the same thing. They were only to see her. They were only able to see her jump twice before she disappeared in the water. Now, this guy, Jeff, he thought that she had left you know, took off. So they got to the spot where they were going to dive and he dived, dove. It's got to be dove, right? He dove and I'm going with dove. He dove into the water to take some photographs of the marine life. But while he was down there, he said the same mermaid brushed against him while swimming away. So he quickly snapped some pics and was able to capture her in one photo as she swam away above him. All right, here's more from him. It's really easy to search for the pic. Just Google Jeff Liker Mermaid or go to the Facebook fan page because I'm going to post it in just a moment. Um, it's a picture of a mermaid, like, you know, very little mermaidy kind of looking thing. It's looking up. She's above him, like, you know, swimming above him towards the surface of the water. He's obviously down below. Looks very mermaid-like, but I could see that if there was a woman with uh, like flippers swimming above him, and he took the photo just right, it would kind of look like that. So, grain of salt, but still very cool mermaid photo. He said, I'd heard about her before. Most of us who were out in these waters regularly heard stories of mermaids, but I'd never seen her until that morning. We were on our way out to the point when a school of dolphins started following the boat, playing in our wake. Suddenly, one of the men of the port side, port side starts yelling and pointing. 
I couldn't believe what I saw. There were not there, not ten feet from the bow, was what looked like a nude woman. She had long flowing hair and one of the most beautiful faces I've ever seen. But there's no way a human being could be swimming so fast. She was keeping right up with the dolphins. Then she leapt into the air and my heart almost gave out on me. The entire lower half of her was covered with scales and tapered back into a huge fishtail. She jumped once more, then disappeared onto the surface. All ten people on the boat witnessed the bizarre event, but there was another incredible surprise still ahead, he says. About an hour later, we arrived at the point when we were diving. I was photographing some colorful fish with my underwater camera when suddenly I felt something brush up against my right leg. She shot by me like a streak of lightning, then turned, came back past me, swimming the other way. I just aimed the camera and started snapping pictures. I kept shooting as she broke the surface and swam away. Uh, this is This doesn't help his story at all, but he says... The Weekly World News had his photos analyzed by three noted photograph laboratories. All three say the photos are genuine and not been tampered with. Kurt here, that means nothing. Weekly World News, that means nothing. But again, very cool story, very cool photo. I'll put it up in the uh, the Facebook fan page if you want to see what a mermaid supposedly looks like, but it's exactly what you're, you know, imagining right now. So make, make up your own mind about that picture. Hold on one second. Okay, next let's go to 2009 to the Kirat Haim Beach when there were multiple sightings of a young mermaid. There, onlookers said that there was a creature that resembled a young girl who had often been found on the beach doing tricks in the water. They kept seeing her for a number of days. It took a while for the news to spread and reach the general public. That's when the government got involved. They, uh, they issued a million-dollar reward for anyone that could provide solid proof of the mermaid's existence. Capturing the mermaid was not necessary, just a photo would suffice. When the news got out, NBC sent a film crew there when they filmed all day and night, both above and below the waters. Then, late one night, the crew said they saw a human figure dipping in the water. This guy named Shlomo Cohen said, I was with friends when suddenly we saw a young woman laying on the sand in a weird way. At first I thought she was just another sunbather, but when we approached, she jumped in the water and disappeared. We were all in shock because we saw she had a tail. Um, the town's tourism board, they're the ones that said they offered the million-dollar reward. That makes a lot more sense than the government doing it. Uh, it's basically they never saw her again. No one was ever able to claim that reward. It's still out there. And finally, let's go to 2012, to the Zimbabwe Dam. All right, so the dam was blocked, so they sent out divers to fix it. <clears throat> but everyone that dove said they saw a mermaid and they knew that mermaids were there to kill men, take their souls or whatever, so they would all leave immediately and refuse to go back in the water. The government's getting so pissed, the dam's not getting fixed. So they didn't believe them, obviously. They hired some outside divers. Now, these are divers who knew nothing about the mermaid sightings at all. They went in the water. They all came to the surface saying they saw a mermaid and also refused to go back in there to finish the repairs. That's cool. All right, there's a couple of stories, uh, like news articles about that uh, from different times, too. This one is from uh, the world. Zimbabwe mermaids appeased by traditional beer, beer ritual. From Johannesburg, South Africa, a mermaid plague dam in Zimbabwe is up and working after traditional healers brewed beer to appease the mischievous water spirits. The mermaids had harassed workers installing water pumps at the dam near the small town of Gakwi, in northern Zimbabwe. Uh, so they uh, they set upon to uh, to do a beer ritual. So he called for traditional rituals to be formed at the dam, including traditionally beer, brewed beer to rid them of the mermaid men menace. Ooh, that's hard to say. To rid them of the mermaid menace. Uh, let's see. Uh, it doesn't go on to say, did they... Is it just that you get the, the mermaids drunk and they go swim away or what, what the beer ritual, you know, pertains to? But that's what they said. They did a beer ritual. The mermaids swam away. They went down there and fixed it. Or maybe they were just like the mermaids, you know, mermaids are like, hey, man, give me some beer and I'll leave. And they're like, okay, here's some beer. Thank you. Go away. And the other one is chasing mermaids in Zimbabwe. Uh, let's see. Villagers in uh, the town woke up to the news that two men had drowned in a local dam. Uh, this is the early morning when elephants drink and wash themselves, which is really shocking. wasn't the wasn't the drowning. Um, it was the fact that the two men drowned while being trying to chase or catch a mermaid. The word 
Manhandoro has a dual usage. When you put the stress on the, the syllable ndo, it refers to one of the most beautiful, important myths of Shona metaphysics that a supernatural spirit whose symbol is a maneless lion. I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Basically, it was a mermaid. The dam is part of the agriculture infrastructure. They had to get the dam fixed. So they did the beer ritual. So there you go. If you're having problems with mermaids, try buying them some, some beer. There, you know, there's my little tip for you for this episode. Alrighty, let's do a real quick BS time. In 2012, I've talked about this on a, on a past episode, uh, but in 2012, there was an Animal Planet special called Mermaids, The Body Found. It was, quote unquote, big air quotes, a documentary of scientists find, finding proof of real mermaids in the ocean. It was bullshit. It was fake. In, so fake, in fact, that the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration was forced to issue a public statement denying the existence of mermaids. So it was bullshit, but still, people send me the little clips from it that are on YouTube because people take those clips and get rid of all the BS part of it, and they're like, look, there's a clip of a mermaid found on the shore, or they'll send me a photo from it. I get it. It's real easy to get duped by it, but it's from an Animal Planet special called Mermaids the Bodies Found, the Body Found, and it's bullshit. Alrighty, um, I guess I while I'm doing that for this for the skeptics, uh, what could mermaids be? Manatees, of course. Dugongs, which are just manatees, or fish, sure. I personally don't think seals are sea lions. Um again, most people are very specific with their descriptions, and it sounds like like it doesn't sound like a seal or a sea lion to me. I, I look, I I don't know. I have no idea what they could be. Yeah, sure, they could be manatees. I get that one. You see a manatee in the water. You've never seen anything like it before back in the day. I'm talking like, you know, early pioneers across the ocean times. Sure, I get that. Nowadays, come on, man. You know what a mermaid's supposed to look like. You know what a manatee looks like. Put it together. Um, so I figured t- how to end this episode. So again, you know, like when I was trying to do this, this through line, I was like, well, do I just end it there? That seems like kind of a weak way to end it. So I figured... How about I go to the internet for comments from the many YouTube mermaid videos and quote real mermaid sightings by people who have watched those videos. Like this one. I'm from Eswatini, formerly known as Swaziland. Trust me, it's not a myth or primitive beliefs. It's funny how our spiritual knowledge as Africans is dismissed, but is dismissed, but Eastern knowledge is hailed as true enlightenment. Mermaids are real. This next one says... Yes, there are stories of mermaids here in Zimbabwe. My father grew up in Masvingo. He says his father used to warn him about playing with his friends at a certain stream. So one year there was a drought in Zimbabwe, so both villagers, both the villagers and the animals were drinking water from the stream. My grandfather rounded up some men from the village to construct something that would divert some of the water to the animals and the rest of the people would use it. They, succeededly, they successfully did that. Just as they started walking back to the village, the poles that they had constructed were suddenly thrown into the air and started burning as if some strong, invisible force was angry with them for disturbing the stream. When they went back hours later, the stream had completely dried. This is just one of the stories about mermaids my father told me. This next one says, Many years ago, myself and my brother spent several weeks canoeing and hiking through the Hebrides? Sure, why not? We saw a collection of humanoid animals swimming around and resting on the coast of the Shiant Isles. Neither of us really told anyone as who would believe us. Ultimately, ultimately, we realized there are experiences in life that can't be believed without seeing it firsthand. His next one said, had a friend rafting in Zimbabwe. She was pulled from the raft. She felt pulled under. No crock teeth bites, no scratches, or butt scratches, only scratches. She kicked and punched furiously, but felt that she could breathe underwater. Don't know how. She was under for at least 30 minutes. Everyone thought she was dead. She said she was going to keep fighting. She said she was just she just kept fighting, then was just let go of. She emerged with her life jacket. It was torn. She was airlifted to a hospital, but zero water inhalation. Just deep scratches on her arms and legs. Make of it what you will. She did go back, and locals remember her as the girl who survived the water spirits or mermaids. And this next one says, as a Nigerian man who comes from a fishing village, I can tell you that our sailors never talk about the things they see because they have PTSD. Uh, This next one says, it's common in my county, Liberia. Uh, My late father told me that he saw one, saw some with his own eyes two different times. According to him, while walking on a motor road, 
Uh, well, this is kind of long. Basically, he's walking down the road. He saw this woman, and he's like, oh, it's probably some woman who's trying to shower. And uh, so she's sitting in the same place. He gets a little scared. And he's like, ah, oh, maybe she's not like a woman trying to shower. Maybe she's a ghost woman. Maybe you should just leave her alone, dude. Um, so he says he loaded his hunting single barrel gun. He decided to move straight to her and pass to go home. Oh, that's why I didn't go past her. He, she was in his way, basically. Uh, so he sh- shot it off in the air as a warning shot. That's when he realized her entire legs were pure fish, moving slowly back in the creek with her face up and slowly going down in the water and finally disappearing. He says that after she disappeared from his eyes under the water, the water immediately stopped shaking. It's a long story. Yeah, it is a long story. This next one says, my father encountered one of these so-called mermaids while fishing somewhere off the coast of Zimbabwe. He said these things are super strong and really smart. He also said the reason we can't see them is they can camouflage their skin just like octopuses do. That's cool. This next one says, I live in South Africa. I can assure you these people take uh, tokoloses, mermaids, very seriously, and I can't imagine people in Zimbabwe being any different. Hi, I'm from Indian origin. Mermaids exist in our literature and our religious scriptures and been cited in the Gulf of Manar and Sri Lanka. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of things, a lot of stories about mermaids. All righty. Uh, yeah, so that's about it. <clears throat> what do you guys think? Do you guys think that um, mermaids are real? I mean, I don't know. What I guess my question is, what would you do if you saw a mermaid? Would you catch it? Would you fuck it? Would you make sushi out of the lower half of it? Like, what would you do if you saw a mermaid? Me, I think that, um, <clears throat> I think I wouldn't go in the water. I think I'd be afraid of it. But I think I'd be like, oh, cool, a mermaid, and that'd be the end of it. I wouldn't try to capture it or make it my wife. That's just creepy. All righty, once again, I'm your host, Kurt Savick. This has been another edition of Paranormal Almanac, All Mermaid and UFO Edition. Yeah.